Hey guys, good evening. Um, welcome to Kingdom 101. <laughs> it's been a minute since I did this, so um, anyway, it's kind of fun. I'm my own producer tonight. My name is Pastor Lindsay Lee, and welcome to the Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship and Training Center Wednesday night Bible study. This particular session is called Kingdom 101. And for those of you that are familiar with it, then you kind of know how it works. I'm hoping that the microphone and everything is working. If not, then I'm sure somebody will send me a message and let me know. We're going to open in prayer. And then we're going to go into a conversation um, with regard to some of the same stuff that we've been following through on. But your questions are really great because it creates an interaction, uh, creates a dialogue that we can have um, virtually speaking, but your questions are there and I'm able to put them up on the screen for you to see and, and things of that sort. And we're also able to interact with each other um, just to hear the things that the spirit of the Lord is saying. I want to say good evening to my lovely friend there, Geneva Neves Hollis and blessed happy birthday to you, Jenny. Thanks for joining us on your birthday tonight. Um, it's really good to have you here. And um have a lot of little stuff, just little things, snippets. I guess you could call them on my mind tonight. And I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to just be able to interact again, as I said, and just find out where we're going to go with this. So Father, we thank you tonight for being able to gather together in your name. I thank you for the power of the, the blood of Jesus, the power of your word. I thank you for the excellence of your presence and your majesty. I thank you for the proving power of your word that it never fails in any situation because it is 100% comprised of your love. Everything about you, your kingdom is about you. And so we settle into this tonight to hear from you, Holy Spirit, to go in the flow of the direction that you have for us to hear what it is that you want said, to be faithful, to release it, but also to receive it. I thank you for the men and women, the boys and girls that hear this message, whether it's with us live or they hear it on a rebroadcast. The thing about your word is that it's timeless. It is relevant in every situation. And I pray that we are able to reach um, places in minds and hearts some of us have hit crisis points, and it's time for breakthrough. And I bless and praise you and thank you for the honor and the privilege of being one of the voices that you speak through, one of the vessels that you do speak through. I choose to also hear you so that I'm not simply a dispenser of the word, but a receiver and a doer of the word, submitted to the word and agreeing with you in all things. And we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so also welcome to Carlita. I'm glad that you were able to join us and make sure that you all share the broadcast. Um, I try um, sometimes and sometimes I'm better at it than others. And I'll tell you why. It's really interesting because I run a couple of different pages on Facebook. When I try to speak something as myself, sometimes I speak as the page. And when I try to share things, it says, nope, you can't do that. Or nope, you can't do that. And so it just gets like really frustrating in that sense. It's like, okay, hold, please. I need to deal with my social media. And then I'll be able to pay attention to the conversation. And so I don't want to do that today. So I'll do it later. And it just say, happening now where it's already happened. <laughs> and we'll go from there. I'm glad Carlita is on uh, because she was a part of a we do a discipleship type of Bible study. It really started with one person. My original time, I think on Wednesdays was Carlita. She was the person about three years ago that we started doing interactive Bible study with. Uh, it was just the two of us. I had a person on a Monday. I had a person on Tuesday and I had, per I think I had four people that I was doing Bible studies with at that time. And it was every single week, a one-on-one -on -one period of time. And you know, something amazing is that those people have become some of my dearest friends. And so as we we're going through this, her work schedule changed or things changed. And so we ended up not doing it as much. It became sporadic. And then somebody else came in and wanted to take a different spot. And, and so it just kind of kept fluctuating. There's a purpose to the story. 
we finally ended up, it was like, okay, I do this one on Wednesday now. And Carlita her, was free again. And she says, well, can I join you on Zoom, which is how we used to do them. And it's like, well, yeah, you can do that. And then my brother, uh, who is currently uh, staying with me, you know, he started wanting to come and sit at the table and get into the conversation. And then somebody else was like, I'd like to be a part of that thing too. So right now we're up to four or five people not trying to grow this. I said, dudes, I teach Wednesday nights, you know, some Wednesday nights and it's, yeah, but it's not the same necessarily because we have the discipleship. So I want to try to make this one something like that. And so you can put your comments or the lessons learned or when there's a testimony, because we'll give out those kind of assignments. That's why we give assignments is to give you the opportunity to be able to step up and say, all right, this is a challenge that I've been facing and I'm going to face the challenge and I'm going to overcome the challenge. Because one of the things that the spirit of the Lord is making sure that we understand is when you, oh, six people. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. Um, there are six people, including me. I, I get to be a part of it too. Um, but what one of the things that we're making uh, sure of is that you don't just talk about how you're dealing with issues. This is the old school, old Christian uh, dynamic. I'm going through things right now. I'm facing some things and, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing a trial or I'm going through this or that. And it always sounds like the trial, the circumstance, the situation, the bad news, whatever it is that it has the upper hand. But the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 that you shall be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And what he was telling you is, there is never a time that a circumstance is supposed to have ascendancy over you. There is never a time in our lives when the circumstances that we face, whether it's a physical issue, a financial issue, an emotional issue, a relationship issue, whatever it is that the issue is supposed to have uh, preeminence come first place because nothing comes before God. And so what we're learning is that when that happens, you have to challenge the challenge. And I'm, I'm not going to necessarily go into scriptures today, but 1 Samuel 17, I believe it is, where it talks about David encountering Goliath. And Goliath was controlling the, the environment. And Israel was basically uh, tremoring at the voice of a man. They called him a champion, but he was a man. That's what the word champion means in that particular text. And they were facing the tauntings of a man. And that man's words had the upper hand over them until somebody that had covenant with God and heard it from God's perspective said, no, this is not the way this is. He's making a mockery of God and that is never acceptable. And when we are believers in him and in covenant with him, we always have the authority. We get to exercise the king's authority in the earth to let those principalities, those powers, those workers of darkness, let them understand, no, you don't reign over God. You don't have a throne that sits higher than his. And he backs us up. And that's what David did is he faced the challenge. He challenged the challenger. He took the challenge. He looked at it straight up and he stepped up to it and said, I challenge you back. You defy, I, you know, I defy you by this. You, you try to defy God. And I'm just here to let you know, I represent God and that is not going to work. In the same way, we see the other scripture that I typically use is Mark chapter five. And this is the accounting of Jesus coming to the island or to the, to the region where the man had the unclean spirits. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to continue to say it. I don't refer to it as the legion, though that's how many be the man with the legion. Because when Jesus asked what he, he said, come out of the man unclean spirit. Again, this is Mark chapter five. And then he said, what is your name? And the spirit answered, my name is legion, for we are many. But Jesus never called it legion. He called it an unclean spirit. And so it's like, why would I tell the, call the devil by the name the devil wants to be called? I'm going to call it by the name God calls it to let it know you don't have the authority. If you'd had the authority that you thought you had, you'd have been able to correct me. Would it, it would have said to Jesus, I told you my name is Legion and you better pay me some respect. But it didn't do that. Instead, it kind of went into a whimpering, cowering kind of thing. And it was kind of like, oh, please don't throw us, you know, don't do, don't do this with us. Um, instead, let us do this. And so what does that tell you? It doesn't have the power that you think that you think he does. That's what, what God wants you to understand. Satan does not have what you think he does. You give it to him, <laughs> but you can also take it away because you can speak and say what God has to say. And that automatically strips principalities and powers. 
from the authority that they have. They say, this is what's going to happen. They say that you'll never be able to do this. They say, they say, they say, but what is their knowledge based upon? It is based upon a natural understanding of natural things. Your knowledge is rooted in a supernatural understanding of how the natural yields to the supernatural power of God. Even when darkness, there, there are things that happen in sorcery and darkness and people say all, all kinds of witchcraft kind of things do happen, levitations and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I know, but it doesn't have, it doesn't, the source of its power is not the source of your power. The source of its strength is not the source of your strength. The words that they speak are not superior to the words that God speaks, that you should speak on his behalf and let him speak through you. And so if you don't know how, if I don't know how to measure the power, and we're talking about kingdom relationship, we actually are. If you don't know how to root or to, to recognize where your power comes from, if you can't source it, if you can identify the source of it, then you may be susceptible to something else. But the Bible that makes it very plain, there is nothing higher than God. There is no, no one, no thing, no created thing, and everything is created except him. So the creation is subject to the creator. The creator is not subject to the creation. Satan is a fallen spirit. He is, he was once known, and some people want to argue with this. I don't care. <laughs> really don't, because no matter how they argue, well, technically Lucifer was this, and you don't know that this is this. I said, what I do know, you're trying to talk origins. Here's what I can tell you. Number one, Lucifer was thrown out. Satan can't get in. God is on the throne, is creator, possessor of heavens and earth. So whether you want to try to grant the demonic realm more power, more authority than it actually has, it doesn't matter to me. Because what I understand very clearly is that no matter how much power you attribute to it, it will never be able to resonate or go higher than the power of God. It cannot ascend above him. And so if it cannot get above him, meaning that God is never at its feet or at its mercy, then it doesn't have the power that you think that it has. Understand what I'm saying. You know, I love you too, Kimberly. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. You only have one source for truth. You're going to get bad news from one source. And you're going to give bad news to that source through the source that you have. Let me make that plain. You, they say this can't happen. This person cannot come out of this. This person will never be able to walk again. This person will never be able to do this, that, or the other. And every single day, there's somebody on the planet defying what was said by the power of the living God. Because no matter what the devil or people that speak with the natural understanding, an earthbound understanding, I speak, you speak, you are to speak from the seated place in the heavenlies where you see the things that are going on. We talk about, well, the struggle is real and I'm struggling. And I, I've said that because it's like, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. It's like, well, number one, call for help. Number two, receive the help. Number three, use the help. And then you don't have a struggle anymore. It's kind of like little kids brambling over and over. I'm telling mommy, or I'm telling daddy. And when they go tell, that struggle is over <laughs> because they've gone to the one with the authority and the power and the strength. And they've gone and said, this is the issue that I'm having with the kids down the street or around the corner or this teacher at school or whatever it is. And there's the one with the greater authority, authority over your life, power in your life to be able to speak a thing and make it come to pass. And he comes onto the scene. And then who is going to who is going to try? I'm going to put God in his place. Well, he's already in his place. You can't put him there. You can't move him either. And that's the realization. Those, those are the thoughts that run through my mind. Even when I am sitting there, sometimes I have and felt pretty darn pathetic. <laughs> Oh, woe is me. I'm singing a song, playing my tiny little violin, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you hear this other thing. And I heard Carlita kind of do this today in our study. You better get up. You better shut that thing down. When I tell it to shut up, it shuts up. Do you get that? When I tell darkness in the name of Jesus, be silent. It is silent. You mute. And this is what I say. And it has to do what I say because I have the authority through Jesus in his name to be declare and to decree a thing and have that thing be established in accordance with what the will of God is. And I don't give those things that permission to you don't get to speak in my life. You don't get to prophesy. 
I'm talking about darkness. I'm talking about sickness. I'm talking about failure. I'm talking about poverty. I'm talking about lack. I'm talking about rebellion, witchcraft, sorcery, divination. You don't have the authority to speak into my life. I have the authority to speak you out. Are y'all are with me here? <laughs> I like that, Kimberly. I do not pray, play, pray blanks. That is true. We take aim. We fire. It's gone. And it's like, yeah, but it still looks like it's there. You keep speaking and you keep stepping forward. If you look at Mark chapter five, and we may as well um, look at that. And we remember when Jesus was going to the man again with the unclean spirit. You can call it legion if you want to. I don't care. He just didn't. So I see no point in doing it. It's like, eh, that's what you say your name is. But I tell you that you're unclean. And I tell you that you're foul. And I tell you that you are rendered powerless because I just showed up. That was the whole point. When he showed up, that man recognized something, seeing him from afar off, and I think the spirits are going, oh, this is not good. Why is he here? Why? Because they could smell a power that is greater than theirs. I've had an opportunity to be around a few people recently, and they made comments to me about they can sense that I have a power, that uh, they can't quite connect to what the source of it is. Why? Because uh, the power that I walk in is greater sometimes than the power that others use. I don't deny that people walk in power. Natural power is what they walk in and they do supernatural things. But we have we are supernatural beings and we operate from a supernatural source, the source of supernatural power and absolute authority. That's why you don't have to say, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. No, nah, Jesus did that without ever saying it. So this is what, he's my hero anyway. He is my redeemer. He is the rescuer. He really is my knight in shining armor. He is that prince and the king and all the different things that he is. But I know him as deliverer and I know him as my rescuer and I know him as my advocate and I know him as somebody that loves me, even when I have not loved myself and his love and his life, you know, it, it raises me up again. And so this is why, um, he calls you back and he says, listen, I'm not going to let you fail. I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you end it here. If you can make the decision to hold fast, if you can make the decision to listen to what I'm saying, if you can make the decision and see it's all our decisions. If you make the decision now to let me speak my mind in you and you make the decision to take hold of that and to agree with me then you will not be defeated and you don't have to die prematurely. And you're going to be able to overcome everything that told you that it was overcoming you. You are anointed, appointed by God. You are put into this earth specifically to be who you are. You have grace, which is the power to overcome the very things that you think are defeating you. You have the power to destroy it in your life. Before you can, you can, I can cast it out of this one and I can call it out of this one. No, your greatest power and your greatest manifestation as a son of God is when you show that his power, the power of your father is sufficient for you to work and to release and to destroy the things in your very own life whether it be alcoholism, our family has a history of alcohol, family has a history of drug abuse, our family has a history of thievery or lack or poverty or sickness or disease. Well, I'm going to tell you something, you bright shining star. And I don't just say that because star Kim is here, but you beautiful, bright star that you are. Let me tell you something. Your family may have had a history of that, but you are the redeemer of it all. And if you will operate in the identity and the grace that God has given you, your family, that story will never be told of your family again because it was never, ever God's legacy. Alcoholism can be destroyed by the power of the blood of Jesus, the word of God and his name. It can be destroyed in your family line. Soberness, wisdom, wealth is, 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 is really what is meant to be a part of your family line. And they tell you, well, you know, it's a sickness and it's a disease. Well, if it is, then let me tell you something, because the Bible lets you know sickness and disease was destroyed at the cross. It was defeated at the cross of Jesus. So if it is what you call it, then I'm going to call it gone. And I'm going to call this thing, this, this power, this, this, this rendering, this whatever it has been, this belief, and even this covenant that has been in my family line where we agree generation after generation. Well, you know, we're all alcoholics. We're just a bunch of drunks. We're just a bunch of fats. We're just, a, I mean, you know, everybody's family line. They got something that they claim that has to do with darkness. Well, I disagree. 
be the one that's just out there just being, you know, since I, I have, I, I'm coming from a brown skin group, they call me the white sheep of the family. It's like, yep, I've got to be me. <laughs> and it's just going to be that way. You call me whatever, I'm a sheep for real. I belong to him. So you call me what you will, but I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call this thing out of us. I'm telling you that we're willing to fight for this. And our weapons are not natural. Our weapons are not triple A, double A, 4A, or whichever A's it is, anonymous and so forth. That is not my weapon. My weapon is the word of God. It is the stepping forward here in Mark 5 when they arrived, verse 1. They arrived at the other side of the lake at the, the region of the Gerasenes. And as Jesus stepped ashore, and I'm reading this out of Passion Translation, a demon-possessed madman came out of the graveyard, it says, and confronted him. Now, the other version says he saw from afar off. See, the man had been living there among the tombs of the dead, and no one was able to restrain him, not even with chains. Natural power was not able to restrain this supernatural demonic rage that was happening in this man. And that made people scared because they couldn't control it, because it was a dark power, and they could sense the darkness because that's all that it radiated, or rather did not radiate but that's all that oozed out of it was that darkness that power that oppression and so they're like we're going to do the best we can but most of the time we'll just cross the street and let him have it and that's what they were doing so it says but for every time verse four they attempted to chain his hands and feet with shackles and they probably did it while he was asleep he would snap the chains and break the shackles in pieces he was so strong that no one had the power to subdue him and day and night, he could be found lurking in the cemetery or in the vicinity, shrieking and mangling himself with stones. And don't you know that's the alcoholic uh, uh, uncles and brothers and cousins and moms and dads and sisters and so forth that you have seen, that this is the spouses that you've seen, that this is the people that are drinking themselves into a crazy place or lining up and doing their drugs into a crazy place. And then they go into rages and shrieks and stuff. I mean, I lived in a house with a drug, uh, a drug addict relative for a while and, and, and they were fine. And then all of a sudden they went and got something and we didn't know about it. And they come back and suddenly the whole atmosphere of the house would change and you're tiptoeing around it. They're doing this and they're doing that. And you can see that this thing is resting in them and it's almost like it was looking at us like I have control of this house well see in those days we didn't understand the power that we had we didn't know the power of the name and the blood of Jesus we were good Christians churchgoers or backsliders or whatever we happened to be but when that thing came into the house we didn't know how to get it out and we didn't know how to prevent it from, from carrying on. So I can relate to the fact that people were looking at this man and seeing the tormenting. He's going through torment. And so therefore everybody around him has that same unrest because he has completely destroyed their atmosphere for peace. And this is what people were living. They were living in a town, in a region where everybody was oppressed because of this demon, this demonology, this unclean spirit that was working within this man. It was that simple. So when he saw, verse six, Jesus from a distance, he ran to him and threw himself down before him. Why did he throw himself? Remember, it said nobody could stop him. So why did this man that was so tormented and going through and so strong and so scary, think about Incredible Hulk. That's what kind of movies that they do. The rage of it turned him green and big and he burst out of his clothing and did this and did that. But he went and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus, screaming out of the at the top of his lungs leave me alone jesus son of the most high god swear in god's name that you won't torture me now that again is past translation but here's what i want you to see two things were happening there were two forces that worked in this man at the same time one was the spirit of the man himself he saw deliverance come he smelled a power that was greater than the power that was working against him that was doing the things in him and he ran to him at the same time, the spirit that refused to be unemployed, <laughs> because if it had to go out, it didn't have a job. It didn't have a home. It didn't have a host anymore. And it's going to use the same intimidating factors that it has used. It had probably called everybody by their name. You leave me alone, Geneva. Leave me alone, Nicole. You leave me alone. And it's like, oh, snap. It knows my name. And so what would happen? They could get a little nervous about that and back up a little bit because this thing who they don't even know called them by name. But that is not who came to the island that day. 
And so when Jesus said, so to the region, and so when he had it, what did it say? Verse eight, this is the verse. For Jesus had already said to him, come out of that man. And now this one says, you demon spirit. So I'm going to flip over to the New King James. And he had said to him, come out of that man, unclean spirit. This is Mark chapter five, verse eight. I don't get tired of this. I weep over this. Because I've seen people that are so caught up, but he called it your, your lewd, your foul, your impure, you are demonic, you are changing his thoughts. It said it's unclean in thoughts and life. You are the one that has been tormenting him. You are the one that has been messing up his mind. And I'm not going to call you legion. I'm not going to call you many. I'm going to call you unclean and I'm calling you out. That was his whole agenda right there. And he stepped up when everybody else would have stepped back because it called him by name and it's screaming and it's creating a scene and it's doing all this. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't say, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I'm messing with. He didn't say, I take authority over you. He simply said, I told you to leave him. Now it's arguing with him. Have you come before the time? I'm not going to get distracted. I told you to come out. Well, are you doing this, that, and the other? I told you to come out. He never, ever stepped back. He never switched to a topic that the spirit was more comfortable with. He never lost sight of his focus. He told it, this is what I came to do. And this is what you can do in terms of alcoholism. This is what you can do in terms of drugs of any kind. You can do this, first of all, within your own self. First in Jerusalem. First in you. Why first in you? Because when you conquer this thing, when you ripped it up and cut off its head like a Goliath, you knock it out with the rock that is the name of Jesus. And you take it out and you take it down. You have become an unconquerable, overcoming champion of the Lord God Almighty. And what that means is what's next? Bring it here because it's time to get rid of it. See, this is what we were created to do, but we get caught up in speaking the jargon of the world. Well, you know, I have this little issue with this. No, you do not, unless you choose to. You can get rid of it. Well, you don't understand. No, don't tell me. I don't understand. Tell me what you do understand. Tell me why it has the power in your life that it does. Tell yourself why you believe that this thing has more authority over you than the word of God has over it. Tell yourself the truth once and for all. I don't know what to do. I've, I've gotten so used to it. I don't know how to speak to it. Okay, now, now we have just started to expose it. We've gotten rid of pride. We've gotten rid of arrogance. We've gotten rid of pretense. Now let's start latching together and working together and getting this thing off of you and out of your life. Because you see, two <laughs> is better than one. But if you are one, you and God, mama always says it this way, me and God together are the majority because his word is what I'm agreeing with. And if I'm agreeing with his word, which is forever settled in heaven, then there is nothing in this power, no power on earth, no spirit. All alcoholism is, is a spirit. It's an addiction. It's a this, it's a that. It's an unclean spirit that tries to change your mind. They want you to torment yourself and torture yourself and bring self-destruction to you. And don't you tell me, according to the word of God, that that is impossible for us to get rid of. But we have believed the rhetoric and we believe that this and this and this. I mean, there's so much stuff. It's like, fine, then let's just take it down, down. Let's go ahead and dismantle. Let's just deconstruct the stuff. Let's get it exposed out in the open where it has no defense. Because every word we speak, well, the doctor said this, or my feelings are this, or it's been going on for a long time, or I still have this one, and this is happening with us, and this is happening. All that is, is a defense that the demonic has built around itself that it uses you and me to reinforce, to allow it to stay. But what if, what about when we start taking down its defenses? What about when we say alcoholism has been in my family, but I just realized that it is a spirit and a name that is beneath the name of Jesus. What if I were to say, it's not something that can be confessed away in a AAA meeting, but it is something that can be addressed by the power of the blood of Jesus because at Calvary, 
it was addressed and it was dealt with, but most of us have never taken the time to tell it that we know it's defeated. Same is true for obesity. Same is true for poverty or scarcity or lack. Same thing is true for I have a learning in um, disability or I have a speech impediment or I have a this or I have a that. It's like, do you have it or does it try to tell you that it has you? You see, if it has, if you have it, you can let it go. If it tells you that it has you, then you can take it and put it under your feet where it belongs because you cannot be co-owned. God is not in partnership with Satan, that he owns you, that he gets visitation rights on Sunday, but Satan gets to run the hell through you Monday through Saturday. No, it doesn't work that way. God does not share. It's not a, it's not a threesome in a relationship. You, you, God and the devil, it doesn't work that way. There's no equality between the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth and the fallen spirit known as Satan. There is no equality there. There is no struggle heaven is having with darkness. It's not the way that it is. But that's what it's been taught. That's what's been said. But that is not the truth. And it's, but it's time that you tell the lie, the truth. You are not the final word. You are not the destiny of my family. And it starts with me. Maybe you say, well, I've, I've got a lot of relatives that, you know, they're into, if it's not drugs, they got three, three things, you know, they either do the drugs or they do the alcohol or they do the food. But I mean, it's, it's just a spirit of addiction all over the family. I mean, my whole family just crazy. They just, this, 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 this. It's like, then which one are you connected to? Which one did you agree with? Well, I don't like to do drugs and I don't like to do this, but I like to eat. Okay. So where is your lack of control? Where is the thing that you must defeat? You were assigned to defeat the thing that was assigned to take you out. Can I make it any simpler than that? You are assigned. Okay. So they say, well, there's an assignment of poverty against my family. Well, you're assigned to crush it. Your assignment is to crush it in your life, to get rid of it in your thinking, to get rid of it in your actions, to get rid of it in all those places. And it's not to do it on your own strength, but it is God who is all the while at work in you, creating and energizing in you, or energizing and creating in you both the power and the will to do for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. God in you is Christ in you, is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of the manifestation of being a son of God. And this is how we start causing a trembling to take place in the earth. And see, what I'm saying is let's deal with us individually. What is yours? I mean, some of us, we think it's visible. But obviously with you, it's this. There ain't no obviously. It's never what it appears to be. It's what it has been on the inside that allows things to appear to be this way. It's the beliefs that we have. It's the words that we have spoken. It's the fight we won't show up for. Any comments or questions or anything? I, I'm looking at some of these comments here. And um, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, y'all. Um, but this is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll go with this one. I love that, Jenny. No more mediocrity. It is absolutely the truth. There is no more mediocrity. There's no more settling and believing what Satan has told you about your life and about God. We seem to think that God can only work in, in these very limited spaces, that he has to work within the parameters of the words that we have heard. But Jesus made it very plain. You have heard it was said, but now I say unto you, you have heard this, but I tell you this. And this is how he addressed things, that he did not accept what was said by man. Because the scripture said very plainly, let God be true and every man be a liar. And so every word that he heard, was being, he was being weighed against what, what God had said. And so when they were saying things in Matthew 6 and 7 and thereabouts, where he, in 5, he's giving the Beatitudes and he's telling them this and that and the other. He says, okay, you've heard it was said that a man could do this. You've heard that it was said that this is so. You've heard that it was said that this is prevalent in families. But I'm going to tell you about it from the kingdom perspective. You see, the kingdom doesn't agree with the world. 
The kingdom doesn't agree with Christianity. The kingdom of God does not agree with religion, nor is the kingdom of God looking to make an agreement with anything that is lower than itself. What it is doing is raise us up to sit in the heavenlies in him, to make us a part of that, to give us citizenship, to give, grant us sonship, to allow us to have his voice, to speak what it is that he says and become an emissary, to be one that is a representative uh, of the kingdom of God. It is not to look down at us and go, okay, I agree with you. He never does that. He raises us up into the heavenlies, into him. And then we come into agreement with him and we say the things he wants said and we do the things he wants done and we do them the way he says to do it. And we start to start to reap more and more and more of his power, of his ability, of his kingdom manifesting and more people get free. More people start walking in something that they didn't know that they could that's what I'm talking about. See, I personally, this is where I've been, okay? I did not, and I shared this with my Bible study team, uh, the folks that I was doing study with this morning. I realized that I had walked in a natural victory and there were, I had walked in super uh, obedience to, to the Lord. And oh, do, this, this, this exercise did this, this, this. But what happened to me? Well, very simply, what happened is there was a third element, the most important one, which was that he must have preeminence in all things. And so that when the fight came, I would have an arsenal. When this thing that came to to set me off, to get me off, when when uh, and I'm not going to go into all of that, but I'm so going to simply say it was it was a very successful attack until I discovered it. Now. I wouldn't want, I would never want to be a demon anyway, but I can tell you that the things that were assigned to me are not real happy and they're running a little scared because when we awaken to righteousness, lawlessness has no place. And I came to a realization. It was my omission. It was, it was my failure to obey completely, to check back in with him, to be so caught up with the outside appearance that I did not do the rest of it. And so now it's simply about learning how to put all three together, three court, three folds, you see. It won't take very long because two things are already in place and one will defeat the other, the thing. And so it's the season for me. I don't just preach this stuff. I only share with you what I personally am doing. And then you'll know if I did it because you'll hear it and see the spirit of it, see the strength of it. It's good that the folks I'm around sometimes tell me they, they sense the power that I walk in. But how much greater will it be when I use that power turned inward and allow it to do, let grace do what it wants to do. Let, let the word dwell in us richly to, to um, put us into the places that he wants us to be and to, and to manifest the way that he desires for things to come through. So I'm telling you, Timothy was told, you got to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. And, and, and this sounds harsh, but that's okay. You got to be less interested in getting people to pray for you and more interested in getting people to pray with you. Because you're going to engage in the battle. You know, nobody can prophesy over you like you can. Nobody can walk in the power of, of, of the deliverance that was meant for you like you can. You were called to overcome in your own life. And you are anointed, appointed, and set apart for such a time as this to do just that. And then, oh yeah, you won't be crying over the cousins and the children. And oh, I don't know if my family's going to do this or that or the other. 
because the power of transformation changes the atmosphere and grants people a desire to do it. And first of all, they'll start saying, well, I can't be like you. You know, I can't do this and can't do that. And you'll learn how to challenge that challenge. Say, why can't you be like me? Well, you because this and you'll have the discerning to know precisely what to say to shut that little demon up, because all it's doing is trying to get that person to reinforce the bondage that they're in. You'll learn how to get rid of the witchcraft and all of the things. And what do I mean by witchcraft? The willingness to rebel against God because you think that God is less powerful than the darkness that you walk in. And it's only because you have walked in, we walk in a deception. We have spoken the lie for so long, we made it the truth. So that when the spirit of truth himself shows up, he kind of challenges the situation. But what do you look like free? And somebody says, well, I don't really know. Because I have never really seen it. It's like, well, um, what do you say about yourself? And then listen, and then, so is that really the truth? These things that put you below, that put you at the level of mediocrity, that put you below the feet of Satan, is that really who you are? Well, no. Well, if you saw yourself as a champion, what would you sound like? What would you say differently? If I told you about this situation and you needed to come in there and help, how would you do it? And then as you start to dialogue with them, you help, we help each other to see who we are. We help each other by speaking the things that the father wants said. We help each other to start stepping into the fullness of this thing that we've been called to do. And I think that it is so very wonderful, amazing, powerful. Um, it's identity is starting to manifest as a son because we're doing, it's never what would Jesus do? It's Lord, what do you want to do? I know what he wants. He's in me always. What is he going to do? The will of his father. What are you going to do is the question. It's not what would Jesus do. It's what are you going to do knowing that this is not the will of the Father? How many things are you going to leave unchallenged in your own life? Okay, I want to solve this in the city and I want to rescue people from this and I want to do this and I want to do this. Good. Then first of all, overcome in within your own life so that when you get out there, you cannot be picked off because you can't even be found because the shield is so around you and you're not going to be tempted to go here or to go there. Some people it's insecurity. It's insecurity to such a degree that they look for somebody else to validate them. They look for trying to find their, their power, their vision, or their beauty or something in the eyes of somebody that, that they're almost willing to pay to say good things about them. I have to be with the right kind of man because then people will see this is the kind of man I attract or the kind of woman for a man to say this is the kind of people that I flow with. And, and you fool around people that you don't actually like. Because you don't like you when you're with them because you're not you. You're trying to be something that you're not around a bunch of people that are no, no, uh, either are really being themselves or being a, a really good counterfeit of what they were called to be. Because the people that God wants you and I to be around and wants us to be that type of person is the one that's going to raise others up out of a gutter, out of a swamp, out of a cesspool. And we're not going to stay in there ourselves either. So whether you're, um, well, I'm challenged financially. Uh, no, you're not. And if you are, you challenge it back. That means that you're going to quit running after this and you're going to stop doing this. Well, you see, as those are not the things that I want to do. Well, see, then you're not ready to fight. And you're going to have to fight. But you don't fight to lose. It's like I showed up to the bat to get my victory. I didn't show up to, to go through some kind of thing where I'm going to get hit on. I, you know, I had this thing when I was growing up. And I grew up in a town where a lot of people like to fight. And I, I didn't do that. I, I was like, they said, do you want to fight? You know, and I look for a weapon or something to throw at them and take them out. No, I don't want to fight because fighting, as far as I can tell, means I'm supposed to hit you, but you're supposed to hit me. And I don't want you to hit me. I don't want to be hit. I don't want anybody punching me. You're not touching his face. And I don't want you punching me on the arm. I don't want any of that. So I'm going to take you out before you get a chance. And that was who I was. So I didn't fight. <laughs> I really did not fight. I won. I won. And I was considered to be shy and I was considered to be timid. But in this area, I wasn't stupid. I had a very strong <laughs> self-preservation thing. And I literally remember taking out of this little mailbox because, you know, we had them they were, well, you know, some of them are mounted on posts or something like that. Um, anyway, and the one we had, it just actually just sat there so you could pick it up and put it on a lower step or whatever. And somebody came in 
trying to threaten me and cuss at me. And I picked up that mailbox and threw it. I just dropped it on her. And it kind of cut her in the eye and she started crying. Everybody looking at me like I was a little criminal. <laughs> it's like, what did you do? I said, I dropped the mailbox on her. Well, what did you do that for? Because she said she was going to blankly, blankly, blank, blank, blank. And I wasn't having it. No fight. No fight happened that day. And she never bothered me again. They thought I was crazy. Uh, no, I just knew sometimes you need to end it before it starts. Sometimes, not sometimes, all the time. That's the story. And Carlita brought this out in a Bible study in, in 1 Samuel 17. When David heard what Goliath had to say, the rest of them had been listening to it twice a day for 40 days. So they heard 80 times that Goliath is telling them you're this and this and this, and I'm going to do this. And you're just, and so you, somebody needs to come out here and I'm going to do this. And they were running scared. You know, you serve this, but where's the man that's going to come at me and all the stuff that he was doing. And they kept letting him say it over and over and over. David heard it one time. One time was enough. He didn't even let him go into the afternoon. I hear, I've heard him say it. And this is the last day he'll ever say it. And then he let it be known. And they said, well, you know, you don't understand this, this guy, he's really older now, but he was a champion from his youth and a warrior from his youth. And David said, I am a youth and I am a warrior. And I've taken on a lion and I've taken on a bear. And if you think about the supernatural power and ability to be able to run after a living creature with claws and teeth that has one of your father's sheep in its mouth. And all you've got is rocks, a slingshot, and a, what, a staff, a shepherd's staff or something. But you also have the power of covenant. And you say, you don't take anything from my father. And he went after it. He said, I got it out. And then when it turned on me, I took it down. And then I killed it. And so what is that? The king taking his measure and hearing that this one out of everybody that I've heard, he's the only one that's willing. He understands the technicalities. He understands what kind of fight he's coming against because he's looking at a man nearly 10 feet tall. Bears come out about 10 feet tall sometimes too. And this one is not this thing, the quality that David had that they couldn't find anywhere else in Israel. He was not afraid. He was, he said, uh, it defies my king, my king of kings and my Lord of lords. It defies my God, and I will not allow that to be. So was David fighting for Israel? David was fighting for God. He chose his battle. And he said, one time is all I need to hear it. One time is all the time you get to say it. Now it's my time to shut you down. Now it's my time to quiet you, to end your reign over my people and over this, this whole atmosphere. Everything that you do, because the whole camp just shifted into fear when Goliath started to speak. And David says, oh, no, 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 no. No, what is this about? Somebody talk to me. He went through the derision of his family when his brother decided he's going to tell him this. And he's like, I don't even need to hear you. You don't want me to speak, but I'm not going to be silent. This is the battle I choose to take on. This is the one I know I can win. And I'm saying to all of us, the battle that you have the power to overcome, the struggle that you have the power to put down like a rabbit dog. I mean, take the thing out, cut it off, cut it into pieces and put it in the fire to burn. The one battle that there is no doubt that you were born to overcome is the one of the enemy coming against you. Be it a struggle with smoking, be it a struggle with alcohol, be it a struggle with uh, uh, being out there hoeing around. That means sex outside of your marriage or, or um, not even being married or the power of drugs, um, uh, lying, whatever it happens to be. There's a whole bunch of stuff. That, that it could be being easily intimidated. I'm afraid to do this, being, being uh, fearful all the time, being tormented. You have the authority to cry out to God for help. You have the power within you to allow grace to rise up in you. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient. That means, <coughs> excuse me, it's your equipper. It's your backup. And it's your power. And it's not defeated. Grace is never defeated. It's an undefeated champion. 
a spiritual weapon. You have the name that is above every other name. You have the blood that has already been shed for you. And you also have the finished work. This thing that you and I were born to overcome, we overcame before we were born. It was granted to us. This is what they were called to do. This is what I created them to do, to manifest as a son of God by overcoming the thing that they have struggled with for their whole life. It may be a bad temper. It may be judging people. It may be walking in bitterness. It means always judging and criticizing and complaining. You have the power to shut that down, to get that thing out of your mouth and to start praising and rejoicing and giving God the glory. If it may be being intimidated by other people and never speaking up and speaking the truth, but only being what somebody else wants you to be. That just means that you have not seen, you have not had the vision of God for who he made you to be. Did I say it was an overnight thing? No, I didn't. But it's a sure thing. If you want to do it, let's do it. And I see somebody said, we're learning to roar and the roar is aligning to his resonance, shifting the atmosphere. Yes, it's releasing the roar of the Lion of Judah. And when one hears it, then it gives them the strength to say, I can step up and I can do it too. You've ever listened to the animals when they do that. When one does it, then the others start to take up the sound and they all do it together. And that is a very intimidating thing. Well, the earth is ready to hear the sound of the Lion of Judah coming from individuals that nobody thought could do it. You don't have to have the the number one business or this or that or the other, that will come. But what you can do that nobody else can do is you can fly out of the snare. The Bible talks about um, about being uh, your own, in one sense, being your own deliverer. And what they mean by that or what he's saying, you, you can come out of the snare. It's like come out of the snare of the fowler. A bird will fly. If, if a bird is landed and, and it gets stuck, but it gets unstuck, it's going to fly. It delivers itself. It doesn't sit there waiting for another bird to come get it. It's like I've got wings and I can my feet are my, my uh feet, I guess their feet are able to, to get out of here. I'm flying out. I'm not going to sit here and wait. You look at some of these things when you're trying to kill it, like a fly or something. If it sees you, if it senses you, it delivers itself. It flies away. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and wait for you. What they do when I tell them to, (laughs) because I exercise authority over it. But do you understand what I'm saying? No, I'm not going to stand here or sit here or lay here, lie here, whatever, and let this demon walk over me another day. I'm not going to go another day saying I don't have what it takes to overcome because I would be calling God a liar. He said, let me be true and every man a liar. And when you don't say what he wants you to say, you're not speaking the truth. Do I have any questions? (sighs) I've talked a lot. (laughs) Proverbs 6, 5. Yes, that is the scripture. Um, So I'll go ahead and read that. Thank you, Frederick. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. And I saw some people saying, yes, let's do it. And it's really true. I'm not trying to just, okay, we can do it. Let's guys, come on. Hey, you know, you know, and, you know, doing the motivation thing. I want this to stay with you. And to, you know, you grew, I grew up in a time where they had these little books, like the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, you know, it's more than think. I know it. See, thinking I can has to switch to, I know I can, because I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. You see, it's through him. It's in him. It's by him. It's because of him. It's not me in my own strength, not me in my own strength. Proverbs 6, 5 says, deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. It's like, oh, you know, there's a little gazelle or a deer or something like that. And I hear a snap, gone. (laughs) Whoops. Okay. Wrong place. There's something here. Get out. Be gone. Just like that. Very few other than sheep. Sheep will drink and allow themselves to get wet and drown. (laughs) You got to kind of pull them out and and do things of that sort. But you and I, we've been equipped with the one that's on the inside of us that is saying, I will lead you in the way that you should go. I'll teach you how to prosper. I'll guide you with my eye. I'll give you the word and season. You'll find, I'll give you the way to say, no, this is the way I have for you to go. Walk in this way. Follow after me. Do the things that I'm telling you to do. 
I don't know how many people in the body of Christ at this particular time, and I include preachers in this, have actually walked out their own salvation, deliverance in the areas in which we have been plagued. I know that in this particular, at this particular juncture where I'm sitting, I can't count myself as one, but honey, that is subject to change. I can say that I have begun this. And as of, you know, this is the only time I'm going to say that because even as I speak it, I've begun to do it. And I, I want to raise my hand. This is not a pride issue. It's a victory. And it becomes a crown of righteousness. It becomes something for my father um, to, to be able to say, this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. Hear her because she speaks for me. And uh, your, your niece asked if they changed the Bible. Who is they and changed it how? would be the question. The Bible has not changed. The truth of the word of God has not changed, but man has tried to change it. You see, the Bible within the word of God is every word that we need. Every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God is a word of deliverance, of instruction. And and Timothy says that it's for correction, for instruction, for rebuke, for all of these different things. So no, the Bible itself has not changed, but man has tried to change God and he will not allow that to be so. There is Christian and there is kingdom. And we are not, I am not representing Christianity. I represent the kingdom of God. And I represent the entry level. I teach kingdom 101, entry level. Let's start from the very beginning, right? Let's go through these things. Let's let's grow from, um, <laughs> if you were with us on Sunday, you know this, but I'm going to say it right, nephews from the beginning, from the infants, and go through the different stages to get to the place where we become a weos. But there are stages that are in between and you got to get to the place where you're willing to fight instead of always letting, wanting and needing somebody else to fight for you. Because there's going to come a day you're going to take that sword and put somebody behind you and say, no, you won't. No, you won't. You can be the champion of your family by first being the champion in your own life, by being the one. They say, cousin, how were you able to do it? How were you able to come out of this? I mean, many of you may be first-generation college graduates in your family or first-generation homeowners. There's a whole lot of things in families that you became the first. And what did they do? Did they raw, raw, raw you on? No, nah, they probably complained and cussed and fussed and told you all the reasons. You ain't going to make it. It ain't going to happen. And nobody in this family ever gets out of this. <laughs> We're like, we're just plain losers and you know it. We're not that smart. We're this, we're this. It's like, well, who told you that? Well, they told us that last generation. And well, who is they? I'm going to challenge this. I'm not going to just sit by and listen. I'm not going to fight with you over it, but I'm just going to ask you that simple question. And when you have the answer that satisfies you, are you really okay with being something other than what you dream about being? You really okay? I don't think you are. So if you want dreams, you know, God, you dream dreams and then God dreams dreams for you. And his are better because there's a path to it happening for you. And that's basically all I have. So Kimberly, that's the answer. Ask her questions. Ask her questions. What does she mean by how they have they changed the Bible? What is her reason for asking that? What is it that she really wants to know? And you know, I'm right here. Okay. So this is what we're saying. Um, this is pretty much all I've got to say. So I don't have any questions. Um, <laughs> I think we're done. I was trying to keep us like, what are we going to talk about? But this lights me up. Let me tell you why. Because I sense it on the inside. I am created. I'm anointed. I am graced to be myself. Not the counterfeit that I never was. Not the person that I never was that others met and interacted with. But the person that was deployed into the earth by heaven. I am graced to be that overcomer. 
I am graced to be one that walks in the ways of the king. I am one that is graced with the power to say no to the things that had me uh, begging for it. I have the power and the ability, the grace. And that means grace means heaven's expectation that I overcome this, that I have been charged to overcome. So when you've got God as your backup, I don't know what else you need. <laughs> So I want you to see yourself. You've been broke. You've been poor. You've been, you know, failing in this and everything you put your hand to. It just like everybody else's balloon just went up in the air and you put yours and the thing just went eh, and it just popped or died or something like that. You know, everybody else's little sparklers went off on the 4th of July and your sound looked like and it was done. You know, everybody else did this, you know, they got the fizzies and they just pop and just poured their stuff into their glass and you did it and it splattered all over your face. You know, everybody else ran the cars and turned the engines. Yours was like a real, you know, and sometimes the engine would power down because it was that kind of car. Yours powered down because it was broke. I mean, you know, maybe it's idiot, all of those kind of stories for you. But those are the very things that you were here to overcome. Can you see what it would look like to be a success? And right now you may have, as you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, sure, except this is what most likely would happen. Well, then you've been using words against yourself. You've been trained by darkness to expect darkness. So it's time to stop. You can stop. You can actually stop. You don't have to say that stuff. You don't have to give a disclaimer. You don't have to speak for Satan. You don't have to open any more doors. You have the power to begin. And the good work that God begins in you is you. This is what this is. God will bring to completion. You can trust him that where you are now and where you'll be by the time this thing is done, you'll be really you and no longer what you thought that you had to be. Some of you have just simply been trapped into believing this is all that you could ever be. But there is no ceiling. Mm-mm. There's no limitation. And I encourage you in that. And all that I've said, what I'm telling you is that with God, I'm Luke 137, with God, all things are possible, especially the things you think are impossible. So that's all I have to say. Um, it is Wednesday night. So Sounding Love, Global Church Fellowship and Training Center. This is part of the training that we're going to go through that you're going to overcome. That's our very first lesson for me. We're gonna to train to overcome. Overcome in our own lives. Once and for all, mediocrity must die. It just doesn't get to stay. It's that warm water that keeps you from doing anything. You can learn. You can speak. You can move forward. You can be promoted. You can uh, pay off all of your bills. You can buy a house. You can get rid of the weight. You can break the habit. You can stop smoking. You can get off of drugs. You can break, um, break off these relationships, these toxic relationships. You can live free. You can walk away. Um, all the things you say that you can't, I challenge you in the name of Jesus to dare to say that you can because it's written in the word that you can do all these things through Christ. You can walk in the liberty with which he has purchased, he has given to you and no longer be entangled in the yoke of bondage. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Life is beautiful. You can live and not die. You can get over the sickness. You can be disease free. Yes, you can see prison doors open and people walk out. Yes, we can speak the words that cause illegal uh, laws to be overturned. Yes, it can be done because it comes from the finished place where it is already done we don't bring it in, then it doesn't happen. But when you get a bunch of people motivated and you want to motivate and really build, you overcome. And you'd be surprised how many people want to hear about the God that you serve because they didn't know that he really makes you free.
that he really, when he makes you free, you're truly free in your deeds and in your actions and your life is transformed. You can dream big, bigger, bigger still. And you can accomplish everything that he's ever put in your heart. It is not too late. And that's what I release to you tonight. So I want to thank you on behalf of Apostle Baker and all of the ministers um, for joining us tonight. Continue to make your comments even afterwards. Watch this again. Get motivated. Share it with somebody else. Question this thing. If you need help, reach out to me. Reach out to us in the, um, the comments and stuff. Uh, Minister Frederick and Minister Nicole are both on here. They'll see. We'll monitor. We'll, we'll, we'll respond to you. You want to do this thing? Of course you do. You know why? I know you were born for it. You want to live up to, live from the expectations of why you were here. So that's what I have to say. Thank you so much for joining. And you're very welcome, Minister Nicole. Thank you all so much for being a part of tonight. Thank you for your comments and your encouragements. And we'll be like, this was one of the best Bible studies ever. <laughs> because I just learned tonight, and this was a word that was released through our apostle in a 5 a.m. prayer. I am grace to be me. I can do all things through Christ. And I was born for this battle. I was born to win. And so win is what we do. My name is Pastor Lindsay Lee, Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. We bless you in the offerings, the tithes, and so forth and so on. We thank you so much for being a part of this tonight. I love you with God's astounding love, and I will see you later. This was Kingdom 101. Good night, everybody. See you soon. Bye.